settle for a second. Some of you are like, what does that mean? You know, who's he talking to? But we're going to overcome the stereotype because today is a day that we honor dads. We honor the fathers in this room, and um, we always honor the good father. But today we're going to overcome the stereotype. I, I, I see it happen a lot, and the church has kind of been guilty of this in a lot of ways. You know, like for Mother's Day, you know, like everybody's happier and everybody's more excited than this mothers, and we love them, and we encourage them. And then it's like Father's Day comes around, and we kind of smack them around for like 30, 35 minutes on, in a church service. And, and tell them they need to straighten up and do better and be a better dad because, come on, man, you need to do good. Come on. And, and, and I, 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 I want to do this today. I want to speak to some men in this house who have overcome the stereotype, Amen. who have overcome the Homer Simpson, you know, that, that dad stereotype that, that dads don't do well, that dads don't love, dads don't parent, dads don't worship. Dad, I, I, I'm telling you right now, we're overcoming that stereotype in this house. Amen. We have some men. Go ahead. Give, give guys in this house a, some love right now. They deserve that. It's so good. <clears throat> and so it is crucial that we understand and do this. And so I'm not going to pretend that, you know, we get it right all the time. We don't. We're not perfect. But listen, we have some incredible fathers in Faith Renewed and in this house. And so we see the stereotypes so often in so many ways representative of who men are, and this is what they do. And we're seeing that overcome in this house today. So we're going to speak today. And so we're going to speak to fathers who are stepping in and being good fathers, even though they didn't have a good father. I love that. You know, you don't, it, just because you didn't have a good father doesn't mean you can't be one. Come on. Amen. And so it's important. And so these are ways. And so as I speak today, I hope you'll see and understand that as we share this message, this is for everyone in the house. This is for those who kind of like getting it right and kind of doing okay in this area. This is for, for maybe like a young dad who's like, man, I want to be a good father. I, I, I want to be someone who doesn't just become a stereotype and just doesn't become Homer and, and become one of those guys that are, are not intentional, not connected, not apart. I don't want to be that. So what do I do? This is going to speak to your life. This is going to speak to you moms because these are all principles and all points that we can all learn from. This is going to speak to young people, single people, everybody in the house because every person in this place today can learn from these principles. But I want to look at this story. It's in Luke chapter 8. And uh, before we read that, this is a story about a father. His name is Jairus. Jairus, however, you know, again, it's been heard it said both ways. But whatever you choose, it's all good. Uh, but Luke 8, we're going to read it in verse 40. This is, this is a story of a father encountering Jesus. And I love what takes place in this story. It's so cool. Jesus had just, like, calmed the sea. Spoke to it. It obeyed him. He just got through casting demons out of a possessed man. And now here he is. This is where the story picks up. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. A little lengthy, but it's the Bible, and it's all good, and we need to read it. Amen. Verse 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he, had only, uh, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who has spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, 
came from being behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Cool story. We heard that back in the Overcome Sexual Sin story. Man, incredible. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Man, last thing you want to hear. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. They ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, remember that, took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she rose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, I want to just share with you three this morning incredible things from this story today that I believe that we're seeing fathers do in this house and that you can do whether you're a father or not that's overcoming the stereotype of fatherhood and manhood, and we're seeing this take place. Again, beautiful principles that we can all draw from. Number one is this, and I love it. We are going to address the fathers today, but number one, real dads get to the feet of Jesus. Come on. Real dads Get to the feet of Jesus. He says here that he fell down at Jesus' feet. This guy realized that he needed Jesus. That's what real men do. That's what real fathers do. This is how we understand. This is how we overcome the stereotype. Number one, we get to the feet of Jesus. And, and it's incredible that the scripture shows us that one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord, but I think it's so important that we choose to do it now. This guy said, I'm not going to wait till I'm forced to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bow down, and I'm going to come to you right now. You see this in the story. There were So many of them were being passive in their relationship with Jesus. They waited for him. They were hanging out, even welcoming him in. <laughs> Jesus, this, he's here. He's awesome. This guy went to his feet. This guy bowed down and went to the feet of Jesus. And there's so many things that happen as he, as he goes to the feet of Jesus. And it's where uh, real dads who overcome the stereotype will spend time. And that's at Jesus' feet. One of the things that he was doing in, those, in that moment was worshiping. This was a sign today that he was showing that, Jesus, I'm going to come up underneath your authority. I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to worship you. This was an act of worship. It's, I love what Eugene Peterson says. He says, worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. That's worship. This guy does this. 
he, 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 he just for a few moments says, I have to bow down and I have to get to Jesus. I have to get to where he's at. And remember what his job was. This guy was a ruler of the synagogue. He was one who understood and he knew this. This was one who, who was a part of the system that called Jesus a blasphemer. He was part of the system who, who said Jesus is a troublemaker. He was part of the system who was out to destroy Jesus, but he understood some things. None of those people that he was in the system with could bring his daughter back. Nobody that he was doing this religious thing with was able to speak life back into his little girl. So he said this, I've got to get to his feet. I have to get back to Jesus. I have to bow down and get to him and understand that there's more to this. And, and I love it. I love what he does here. He makes the decision whether they think bad about me, whether they talk about me or not. I'm going to Jesus' feet. Now, that's, it's amazing that Guys, we're like hobby guys. We're, we're hobby people, and that's cool, man. We like stuff to do things, and, and I, I love this, and we're actually seeing this happen here. We're watching men rise up, whether like you like to fish, hunt, golf, uh, you like to work on cars, computers, whatever it is, but I, I love this. Our men here, we're seeing guys do this. They're stepping up, and they're understanding that regardless of my hobbies, what I still need to do at times is I need to set everything else aside and bow to Jesus' feet. Come on, man. And, and, and some of you guys right now, you should be backing me up. You should be like, man, he's talking about me. Come on. That's me he's talking about. Listen, because we need to bow down, get to him, bow down before him. And listen, it, it's, it's not like one of those things, regardless of what the world's saying, if like we come to church, honor the Lord, lift up our hands and worship him. That's not a cult. It's not crazy, man. We're worshiping Jesus. We're coming before him. And I love it. We're seeing it. We have men that will come to this altar and pray. Come on, we have men that will lift up their hands in worship. Now, some of them, this is new to them, and they only got them up about this far right now. It's okay, man. You're getting there. Just keep going, man. Don't stop. We have some guys that were like once here. You know, this was your thing. They were in the pockets, man, at all times, hands in the pockets. And all of a sudden, you know, you're finding yourself. You're like... Pull them bad boys out for just a second. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit's working in the place, and the presence of God is moving. And somebody says, man, you need to honor the Lord right now. You need to lift up hands in the sanctuary, and you're like. It's okay, man. You're getting there. Just keep going, man. Don't stop. And we're seeing it. Men who are honoring Jesus in the church. And, and we're not letting just the ladies step in and do something that God has called us to do. Amen. And so this is what this looks like for us. And so some of you young guys are like saying, man, I want to be an overcomer. I want to overcome the stereotype of daddy. Listen, start cultivating a lifestyle of worship. Start, start taking time to where you honor the Lord and you worship him and you make time for him. He wasn't concerned about what anybody else said about him. He said, I'm getting to the feet of Jesus. And he went in and he went to that place because he knew only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus is the only one. So listen, so tell your neighbor, smile at him as you say it. So listen, say, bow down to Jesus' feet. Come on, they'll take it easier when you smile. Number two. This is cool, man, and I love it. It just gets better for me in this story. I think this gets better. Not only does he go to Jesus' feet, not only does he bow down to him and worship him, honor him in giving and honor him in worship and honor him in that light and, and, and experience the time with the Lord in that place, this is what he does. He does this, number two, real dads do this. Real dads take Jesus home. 
Amen. Real dads take Jesus home. We don't just come to church and throw our hands up. Come on. We don't just do it, you know, when we're asked to do it, but we take it a step further. This is how you overcome. This is how we overcome stereotypes. We come against that. We take Jesus home with us. This is a lifestyle. Verse 41 says that he fell down at Jesus' feet and he said this, I beg you, come to my house. He was begging him to come to his house. The chief ruler, one of the leaders in the synagogue, one who actually knew how to do church. Listen, there's a big difference in knowing how to do church and taking Jesus home with you when church is over. Come on, huge difference. This guy understood that. He said, I want you to come to my house. I want you to come to my house. I need you in my house. And there will be the only time when you understand this, that you need to take him home with you. This is not something we come to and just worship once a week. It's someone that we take with us and we take and we, we live with and we live and we do life with and we spend time with. And he does this here. And for the first time, I believe he understood. I truly believe it was like the first time he understood this system of religion can't save me. I, he was the one who was in charge of putting things in order in the synagogue. He was the one who was a part of preparing the worship preparing the altars. He was the one who was putting some of the furnishings in place. But he understood, man. He says that I have to get to Jesus, and i got to take him with me. He's got to go with me. He's got to become a part of my life. He has to go back home. He has to come back into my house. He has to be a part now of my life. And so I don't think this is, I don't think this is one of those moments for him, listen, that he did it in a ritualistic, religious way. He got at Jesus' feet. He begged him. He begged him, and this is what we do as fathers, that when we really understand and we really get it right, we pray and we ask God and we beg him and we go to the Lord and we seek his face. We go after him and we say this, I want to take you home with me. I want you to be a part of my life because, listen, there's some of you dads right now, listen, you're like, man, I'm not overcoming this thing. I am destroying this thing. It's just, I'm messing this thing up royally, pastor. What do I need to do? Get at Jesus' feet. Take him home with you. Begin to take your children there. Begin to do this. Become a part to where you take your needs to the Lord. Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to figure it out on your own if that's where you're at because he understood this. That system would not work for him. That system would not bring his daughter back. But he said this. He said, man, if I can get him at my house, I can get him home with me. I can get him to that place. Man, and we're seeing guys do it. I've spoken into fathers that we're called to be protectors, and that's true. I've, I've spoken into fathers, man, and, and let them know and understand that we're called to be providers, and, and we're supposed to be a part of that. But listen, a good father doesn't just pay the bills. He paves the way for the presence of God to show up in the home, in the house, and he's a part of setting an atmosphere, creating that place where God can move and where Jesus can show up. And this daddy said it that day, Jesus, you got to come to my house. I need you in my home. Listen, there's some of you right now, your home is destroyed. It is messed up. But listen, let me show you the answer right here. The answer is Jesus in your house. That's the answer. The answer is Jesus in your house. And we, we pursue him in that light. And today I believe this, the greatest calling of fathers, listen, is not to just like make sure that your, your child gets a great education. That's, that's awesome. 
It's not to make sure they get a good job. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Not to make sure they're the star on the football team, baseball, wrestling team. Listen, nothing wrong with those things. But our first job is to do this as a father and as a parent is this, is to get Jesus in our home and get our children to Jesus' feet. That's what we're called to do. That's what God's called us to do. So listen, real dads get to the feet of Jesus. Real dads do this. They, they, they take Jesus home. So tell your, tell your, tell your neighbor, smile as you say that, man. Man, let's take Jesus home after this service is over. Come on, let's take him into our house. There's some of you right now, husband, husband and wives, if you would say that, I'm serious. And I know we joke around and we're kind of, kind of messed with it and it's a little bit fun. But I'm serious when I say this. If you looked at one another right now, and you were serious about that, your house would change. Your home would change. Sit down with so many couples, man, and, and so many families. And I was like, man, when's the last time you prayed together? And some of them said, we never have. Listen, it's changing. The culture's changing here. We're breaking the stereotype, man. Let's take Jesus home. The third and final one this morning is simply this. Real dads, don't quit. Real dads, they don't quit. Listen, it's not easy. It doesn't always work out like we think it's going to work out the way we thought it was going to work out. But don't stop. We don't quit just because it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen and go down the way we thought it was going down. And we see that in this story. We see where Jesus is on his way to, the, to, the, to Jairus' house, and on the way he gets sidetracked. He gets pulled to the side. There's a lady there who has a need, and Jesus takes time to minister to her and say, like, who touched me? And to let her know that she was restored, that she was healed, that she was whole. I don't know. I, I could just see Jairus, like, in the background, like, come on, dude. Let's go, man. You've heard what I said. This is serious. I need you to keep, keep walking with me, Jesus. And the news came. It had to be heartbreaking and devastating to hear those words. She's no longer here. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. But listen, I want you to understand that Jesus' delay is not a denial. Just because maybe God hasn't done what you've been asking for yet, you haven't seen it yet, doesn't mean he's saying no to you. Listen, just trust him. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't stop. Listen, God's not the lottery. You know what I'm telling you? You've seen that. Like, you know, like the lottery's out. It's the biggest it's ever been. It's Whatever, this crazy stuff, man. And then, like, you know, everybody's buy, they're buying tickets and they're getting all excited about it. And then, like, when somebody wins it, everybody's ticked off, man. At the, they're, like, they're done. Listen, that ain't God. Just because he's blessed someone else doesn't mean he's, like, give out now. It doesn't mean, like, he, he, hasn't, he, he doesn't have anything left now. I'm like, I'm done, man. We got to let this thing build back up for a while. It's not how he works, man. Listen, it, 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 this, is, this is God, and he's real, and he's good. And J.R. didn't say this, man. He didn't say, like, I, I quit. I've heard this news. I'm walking away. Yeah, he was struggling. Yeah, he was troubled with it. Yeah, he was probably in some way kind of like maybe even frustrated or hurt. But he didn't stop. He said this, man. He said, let's go. They kept going to the house, and the story just gets real cool because they walk into that home. They walk into that house. The professional mourners were there. They were weeping and they were wailing and they were crying because she was gone. And when Jesus walked into that situation and he spoke to them, he let them know, I got this. They ridiculed him. They laughed at Jesus. 
and make fun of him. But listen, how many knows? Listen, God's bigger than our reality right now. He's bigger than that. And what did he say? Listen, he told him, he said, listen, you have faith. You believe. You trust. Hebrews 11 one says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what that means for us? Whether we're seeing it right now or not, we have faith and trust in him and his word. And Jesus has spoken something. He has said something to them. And we can trust his word. We can trust his word. And it's amazing that we see this here. It was their lack of faith that was in that place that day with those weeping, wailing, and mourners and who actually stopped. And we know it wasn't real mourning because they were able to stop it so quickly and laugh at Jesus and ridicule him. Their lack of faith did not stop the miracle, but it stopped them from seeing it. It stopped them from being a participant of it and watching that take place. And listen, man, that day, Jesus walked into the room, and he spoke life into her. He spoke life back into her. She rose from the dead, man. I tell you, it's incredible, and this is what I want to be. I want to be in the room when Jesus does his miracles. I want to be in the room when Jesus does what he does. As a matter of fact, I want it to happen in my room. I want it to happen in my house. And listen, this is how we overcome this. This is how we overcome the stereotype. Guys, come on up. As we do this today, we understand and recognize, listen, that I got to get to his feet. I got to worship him. I got to give him the honor and he deserves. And I'm not going to stop. And it's not just going to be something I do in the altar. It's going to be something I do in my home. It's going to be a part of my life, and I'm going to trust him and trust who he is. And when it doesn't happen my way, I'm not quitting and giving up. I'll keep pressing into it today. I want you to do this, if you would. Just please stand with me, please. Some of you, there's some of you guys, and you're like, man, I, I, want, I want that. But I haven't been doing that. Listen. This is why he's brought you today, let you know. You can overcome the stereotype. You can, you can overcome what the world's saying about you. You can overcome what, what man is saying about you. And you can step into who God's called you to be. It happens, and we just, again, just understand. We're watching it take place, and we're seeing more of it. Set pride aside. Set a religious system aside. Set all that stuff out. You go to Jesus' feet, calling him. And when you get up, you take him with you. And don't stop and don't quit just because it may not work out at first like you thought it would. I want us to pray. Father, we thank you right now. Father, for your presence that's here. Again, I thank you for the daddies in this house who are stepping into this, Lord. Lord, for those that we're seeing walk it out, God. Lord, for those that didn't quit, even after maybe they've messed it up, Lord, they, kept, they kept, kept going. They got back up. I thank you for it, God. I thank you right now, I, I, Lord, just even today, God, that this word is being, being, being put into the hearts of some young men and some young women. I receive that. I understand that now. I want that from my life. I want that from my family. God, I thank you right now for what you're speaking. Yes, Lord. Some parents right now who are struggling with your children. You're struggling with, 
with family, you're struggling with some situations. This is a word for you today. Maybe the frustration and the struggles and the things that have happened have pulled you off your knees instead of putting you on them. It caused you to kind of maybe just kind of wander around and just be frustrated. Listen today, listen, go back. Get back at Jesus' feet. Get back into a time where you're saying, man, God, be a part of my life, be a part of my house, my family. And I refuse, refuse to let the enemy take, destroy, steal, or kill. One more day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. The presence of God is here right now. And today, I just want you to listen. If, if you're in a situation, you're like, man, God's speaking to me today through this message. I, I want my worship and my lifestyle of worship to increase. I want to get to know him more. And, and I, want to be, I, want to, I want to become a person who really and truly recognizes the power of worship and what that means and looks like. Some of you are like, man, I, I'm getting it, but man, I, I want to take him home. I want this to be a part of my life in every way. Listen, God's speaking to you. And maybe, listen, you're in a situation like, You've got bad news, and the enemy has, you know, kind of trying to message you and try to tell you that, hey, this is it. This is over. This is the end. God's saying to you today, don't quit. Don't stop. So we sing this last worship song to the Lord. God's speaking to your heart in any way. I want you to do this this morning. I just want you to step out. We're going to come. We're going to do what Jairus did. We're going to go to the feet of Jesus. We're going to